Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back, guys, to the Make Life Matter podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to a new friend today. Have you dreamed about doing something, but you don't know where to start? Or maybe you just need a little nudge or a firm yet loving shove to get you moving toward what God has in store for you. Jenny Randall is an Emmy award-winning editor and author, a speaker, and the co-host of the chart-topping podcast, Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne. She went on a journey to discover what it really means to live on on purpose. In her new book, Dream Come True, you'll discover how God pours passion and vision into your life, and you'll find practical answers to that all-important question, what do I do next? Dreams really do come true when you partner with God to make them a reality. Welcome, Jenny. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Angela, thanks so much for having me on. Well, we shared earlier, I had Candace Payne on season two. I love your podcast. I laugh every time. Um, it's you. not only a, a blast, but it's touching. It's poignant. You bring so many biblical relevant insights into that, Jenny. So thank you so much for the, all the ways that you're making your life matter. Oh, yes. We have so much fun on that show. Thanks for talking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was blessed to receive uh, an advanced copy of your brand new book, Dream Come True. It launches in just a week, October 5th. But I told you earlier, like, I'm so excited to see an actual physical copy because this is kind of an interactive adventure. So what is Dream Come True? Yeah. So Dream Come True, it, oh gosh, there's so, so many different ways I could answer this, but the heart of it is that I wrote it out of a necessity. Like I just felt this deep passion and I wrote it for a few reasons. One was because I ignored a dream for a decade and it, you know, with every God dream, it just kind of pokes at you and pokes at you and pokes and it didn't go away. And when I began to step into it, I began to just walk through so much freedom and I didn't, want others to delay a dream for 10 years. And then the other reason I wrote it was because I was seeing this unhealthy theology within the church, uh, that being Christians, um, that there were extremes, either you're called to this one major thing. Mm. And if it doesn't happen right now, you're like outside of God's will, or you, you can't dream at all. And God wants you just to suffer in your day. So I was like, let's, let's have this conversation. What is, what is a healthy theology look like that understands God's dream and steps into it? wholeheartedly knowing that in the process, there's going to be freedom and there's going to be a lot of work we have to show up for. But at the same time, as we're learning to represent Christ, we get to rest in him as well. And what, what does that tension look like? So that this book dream come true is really a, a word vomit of all of that. <laughs> and it, like you mentioned, it's interactive. So there's a, it, everyone's dream is different. So there's at the end of every chapter, there's a pick your own path. Like what's the next right step you can take. And sometimes you have to go pray or work through this excuse you're making. And sometimes you need to just put things to action and go uh, figure out who your target audience is that you're called to impact. So my hope and prayer is that this is a resource that not only lays a healthy foundation, but equips people to actually start taking action. 
I love it. I, I know it will. I felt the same way. And I was jotting things down on the side because I didn't have a copy and it's the cover's orange. So I'm wearing my dream come true orange this morning, but I love that your approach to bring a healthy theology to a lot of, um, just maybe some, some missteps in the way that we've approached dreams and pursuing dreams, or if we ever pursue dreams without God at the helm of them, that goes awry pretty quick. So I want to talk about some of the things that you just mentioned, the delay of it, why we tend to delay excuses. We're going to kind of cover all that today, but I wanted to share something that you write early on. Our mindset shouldn't be, who am I to do this thing, but rather God, who are you? That comes from Moses' story. God will remind you over and over again that he is with you. So Jenny, I just want to hear from you. What are some excuses that we tend to embrace? You talked about how you delayed a dream for nearly a decade, and I'm sure that resonates with some of us who have kind of pushed the dream aside for a while. And there's so many reasons we can do that. So what are some excuses we tend to embrace and how does a kingdom mindset help us to cling to Christ instead of those excuses? Yeah. So I am, I wrote this book from experience. So I have made all these excuses and through studying the journey of Moses, he, I mean, he kind of was the one that like shook this all down for me because he, when he, when God called him to go free the Israelites, he made all these excuses. Um, so reading it in the biblical text, I'm not saying we're Moses or anything like that. That's a whole different uh, ball game. But what I'm saying is that we can take his story and, um, see how God led him through. And in the application of that, know that, okay, well, the same God gets to lead us through these excuses. So gosh, his excuses are, I'm sure we can all raise our hands and be like, I've said that. So I'm a nobody. I don't know enough. I don't think they're going to believe that I'm called to do this. I'm not talented enough. And then his last excuse was, I just, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, else. These, yeah, <laughs> I just don't want to, I'm not going to do it. Um, which I think is hilarious. And, and with every, I mean, it's, it's hilarious in the sense that like, it's so humbling because with every, every excuse God came back at him and he didn't, he never once like glorified Moses. Like mm. you are the what? Like it was always pointing back to himself. Like I, I will be with you. I am who I am. My presence provides, I will guide you. I'm going to contribute. And that's all from um, Exodus three and four, where God's like answering his, his excuses. And I love that because when, when I made all those excuses, um, the quote that you just read from the book where I, I was struggling with, who do I think I am mm. to step into this call? Like I made it so much about me and I had this like divine cry my face off moment when I suddenly realized the selfish thinking that I had and God really, really broke through. And it was like, I I'm not asking who you are. I'm asking, I'm asking, who am I? Mm. And I began to, to see like, man, God is so much bigger than, than anything I can ever fathom or imagine. And if he's asking me to do something, who am I arrogant little Jenny to think I know better. I, I got this God. I know, I know you're not going to like, it was such that I just realized what an arrogant thought this was. And I began to see like the little by little, as I showed up, God, God showed up even greater. Mm. And in, in the first part of that was really transforming my thinking into worshiping God for who he is and trusting. Cause as we step into these dreams, a lot of it is really just a process of trusting God and, and saying, yes, and amen. Here we go. That's so true. And I don't think we at first think it's arrogance. Maybe we look at it as right. self doubt or we don't feel up to the task, but underlining that is our own 
our own self being elevated over what God can do through us. I, I, I love that you early on established that for us, so that before we even got to the excuses through the lens of Moses, we see that God always points it back to him. He wants us to partner with him and cooperate with him. And that's exciting, but we don't have to be paralyzed by either so much self-doubt that we're crippled, or like you said, even this kind of arrogant approach, even though we don't always couch it that way. So so insightful, Jenny. Thank you so much for it. Um, and I, I love this statement. I have to be honest. I found myself in it. I, I feel like I've even said something similar to what I shouldn't have said with this, but you make this statement. Continue to trust the one who is calling you, not the thing you're called to. Mm, I'm going to say that again. Continue to trust the one who is calling you, not the thing you're called to. I said it again, not because I said it wrong, but because I need to hear it again, because I think sometimes we do have this overemphasis on what are we called to? What are we called to instead of the one we are called to? So tell us about that distinction and why you kind of landed there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's similar with God gives us gifts and we can get that confused if we begin to worship these gifts instead of the gift giver. So it's a similar concept in the sense that everything, um, he's invited us to step into these holy places and it's not, it's not like, Ooh, look at, I'm, I'm releasing a book. I'm releasing a book. This is so great. When, when we begin to glorify these moments or this calling that, that eventually will change that eventually will fail. I don't think if you're, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. That's just a side note. You eventually will have success. And in any of those areas, if that's the thing that's on the pedestal in that success, you might um, have an unhealthy response to it in that failure. You might be stuck down a little bit longer. Uh, So when we glorify God, instead of that, that job, that calling, whatever it may be, that label that you wear, if we put God in front of all of that, we know that he's the one that sustains. He's the one that does the lifting. He's the one that brings us success. He's the one that enables us, uh, provides resources. So what we're really saying is thanks God. Like I'm trusting you in all of this. And he really helps us shift our focus. And I love that you pointed out when I was like, I was so arrogant. I love that you pointed out that we don't always view it that way because you're right. It is sometimes it's even, we think we're being so humble, like, Oh, Mm. I don't want to show up or like who, I don't know. Um, and we take this past this step of passiveness. Um, so I like that you pointed out, cause I think that's a true fact that sometimes we're just like weekly, like, Oh, I don't know that, but, but really, um, when we have a heart to honor him and put him at the forefront of every decision, everything, then he, then he will be the one that's leading and equipping rather than, us uh, stepping in based on labels or a calling. Mm, I love that. And I'd love to lean in a little bit more to calling because I think this is a great buzzword, especially among Christian circles. You know, what's your calling? What do you call it? And I love that you already identified you know, your calling may shift from time to time. You were an editor in Hollywood for a while. You're in a different kind of space. Now you're still bringing your gifts to the table and the anointing that God has placed in your life. But 
I think if we can have a wrong understanding of calling that that's what I'm called to forevermore. Amen. And that can feel overwhelming. It could even feel like a trap or we could stay in something too long. I was a worship leader for almost 20 years. And then I could sense God shifting my calling, not the anointing on my life, but what he was anointing me for in that season was changing. And I, I, I would like us to have a little bit more conversation about this because I think it could be confusing. You know, maybe our listeners are like, I don't know what I'm called to or, or how do we define it? So you define calling as a holy pain point passion and that that helps to reveal our calling. I love the way that you worded that. And, and, and when we're serving God, that's one way that God lets us know what he's inviting us to do. So what are some questions? You give us some questions that help us identify our passion, what you call our holy pain point passion. So let's talk about calling a bit and some of these questions that maybe our listeners are even wrestling with right now to know what they might be called to do in this season. Yeah. And I I would love to get the disclaimer as well, that specifically right now we're talking about those big dreams and the big things God's placed before us. I believe if you're in a season that doesn't feel I'm using air quotes as glamorous, um, Mm. because you're in the, in a mundane routine of something that equally too is just as significant as these bigger than these big moments. So I just want to give that disclaimer um, that I think both are highly significant. Sometimes the mundane moments are even more significant than this, but with, to identify our passions, I think we have to really wrestle with uh, some of these questions. And, and I think too, God gives us these convictions, like these convictions that keep us up at night. And we're just like wrestling with these things or these questions or these thoughts. And I, a lot of the times that will be, and we'll wrestle before we even know the call. So questions that I uh, wrote about in the book to help identify your passions. I'll just go through them and you can stop me if you want to land on one, but one, are you facing any obstacles in life? Two, if yes, are the obstacles caused by your passions? Uh, Three, what makes you angry? Mm. Four, what do you get really excited about? What keeps you up at night? What do you enjoy doing for fun? Where and with whom do you like to spend your time? What do you look forward to? And what did you love to do as a child? Mm. Those questions are so good because they help to kind of put some tangible, you know, something tangible to this ah, calling thing that feels kind of nebulous out there. And what that encourages me, Jenny, and maybe our listeners as they're hearing that is, listen, God partners with us the way he created us and wired us. So we don't have to be afraid of calling. You know, I remember when I was first felt a burden to go to Africa, I've been almost 20 times now, but that burden came, like you said, we wrestle with it before we even, it even sometimes comes to fruition. And if we listen to that and lean in, okay, God, I'm sensing this burden. Maybe it's to foster care or it's to, um, you know, helping the schools in your area or, or moms that are stressed out or whatever it might be in the season. That thing that makes your blood boil, that thing that makes you get up and pace the floor, that thing that keeps you up to one in the morning. Um, you know, we don't need to push that away. That actually could very much be the way that God is speaking to us. How have you seen that maybe Jenny in your own life? Maybe one of those questions, was that most helpful for you over another, or was it kind of this compilation? And just to speak that it's not like we do that once and we're done, right? Right. Those we need to repeat, you know, kind of repeatedly ask that those questions, repeat that process. So did you lean into one more than more than another, or has it just been kind of a, a group process of those questions? 
Yeah. Well, let's use the example of me deciding to write this book. So I, when I um, signed on with my publishers, they signed a two book deal, which means I got to write two books with them, which was so fantastic. But the second book deal didn't have a title. We didn't have an idea in mind. They just were confident that we've worked together on other books. This is like Jenny's going to do it. And I kept trying to push all these other things. And I began like prayerfully being like, God, what, like, what should I do? And I would talk with a couple of friends and I began to notice the things that were so, it was just almost too obvious to me. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I love doing? I love, I, I, the moment I cry my face off is on American Idol when the person shares their story. And then now they're standing before the stage and their dream is coming true. Like I cry my face off in those moments. Um, Or when I get to coach a creative and they're paralyzed by fear and I get to speak life into them and they begin to step into the things God has for it. Like these are the moments that just seem so natural for the way God wired me, excuse me. So I began to think about that and be like, well, what is that? What, what are the questions that surround this? Like, what are the things that are holding us back? And for me, it, it all of a sudden was like, so obvious the thing that I could do uh, almost to the point of like, I just saw everyone else could do it too. And God began to be like, no, I've wired you uniquely in this. Um, the, exp- the expression you have around this is unique for you. And I need you to step into it. So once I started putting pen to paper, it just, it kind of came from there. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's another question too, to consider it for passions. Like what are the things that come so easy and effortlessly to yeah. you and how is God using that? And if not ask him, like, how do you want to use it? Mm, that's so good. And it really is such a great resource, Jenny. I feel like there are books about dreams, but this felt very different. And so if you're listening and you're like, well, what's different? I, it's even hard to pinpoint what's different. It is interactive. It, you're constantly giving us steps to take. Um, it's for those who tend to maybe procrastinate or just have a hard time to get their dream accomplished. I feel like your intentional checkpoints are there for us to stay on track. So the coach in you comes through, um, the mentor in you comes through, and it just feels like this kind of, you know, all of your life work up to this point on paper. So I'm so thrilled that you lean. I'm thrilled that you leaned yeah. in and yeah, sometimes we think, oh, that's too easy. That's too obvious. No, it's just where God is breathing on you. And like you said, your expression that you're bringing to the table, we, we are only in our own bodies. So we don't necessarily know that what we're feeling and experiencing the way that we're bringing, you know, scripture alive to someone is so purposeful because it's the unique way that God wants to use us. So it's such a a great, great resource. I can't wait for people to have it in their hands. I loved another point that you make about pivot points and how we need to recognize them. And I think this was a really great awareness on our part um, that we may not recognize this as a pivot point, but you said sometimes our most significant pivot points look like interruptions. God interrupted Moses's life in the desert with a burning bush. So Jenny, my question is how can we best respond when we sense this kind of interruption and recognizing that as a pivot point that maybe God wants us to, to shift direction? Yeah. I mean, I, again, with Moses, he, he's doing his everyday ordinary job, right? He's shepherding sheep. Um, I'm sure his head was on a swivel because you got to make sure they're not eating poisonous plants or something's going to come kill him. So he's doing his job. He's fully in. And then this bush is burning. And that wasn't the abnormal part. The abnormal part was that he, he felt God calling him over to it. So he, he had a choice. He could continue to, go do his everyday ordinary thing, 
or he could realize this is something significant mm. and I get to step into this and, and see what's going on over here and step away from what was his normal. And for us, a lot of the times we are distracted from these holy moments uh, where we get to respond to God. We're distracted on our phones. We're distracted with our to-do list. We're distracted. Um, we might hear this, this sense of calling or conviction or God wanting to meet with us, but we're not creating space for that. So when we feel, and I know this, this is a whole different conversation, but when we feel God inviting us somewhere, the best thing we can do is put everything aside and say, God, what, what are you trying to show me? And that's what Moses did. He stepped in and then he began making all the excuses, but at least he showed up for it. Like he stepped into it and, and God was very clear. Like you are stepping on holy ground. And it was Uh. this, this pivot point of reaction. And if you think of a basketball game or playing basketball, when you take a pivot, your foot is firmly planted, but you're moving the other foot to look in another direction. So if we have our feet firmly planted in faith and we look to turn to God and say, what do you have for me? And then we start to show up. I think it's one of the, this is where the defining moment of interaction with God happens, where we begin to feel these whispers or we begin, he begins to reveal to us through revelation or his word, um, what he has for us. Hmm. And our response is to, to show up, not be distracted to, to, to see the moment as holy and significant. I mean, I had a pivot point when I went to a speaker writer conference, when I first started, um, doing this like seven years ago and, I was in worship and I was ugly crying my face off. And I felt like the Lord just challenged me on a lot of things and I could compartmentalize it. I could have ignored it, but me showing up with it just equipped me for so much momentum moving forward. And from that pivot point of me acknowledging God and in this holy space, I can, I'm not lying when I say everything changed, Mm. everything changed resources began to align. People began to say, I want to serve alongside you. Like everything changed. And it was this moment where I responded to his call. We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. Mm, that is so good. I feel like that was just a whole, that was a whole sermon in itself. That was so good. <laughs> There's so much in what you just shared because we can just stay in the familiar. But when you said when he moved and pivoted, then he was on holy ground. It's not that what we're doing isn't great, but sometimes God is calling us to something new and there's going to be even a greater awareness of his presence. Like you said, a holy calling there and whether it's fear or, you know, confusion or whatever causes us to not pivot. It was when he turned aside to the bush and looked, then he got his next step from God. And that can feel like an interruption. We can be, you know, blinders on and doing our themes. Like you said, I'm just in the middle of a conference and God just interrupted that and, 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 you know, shifted the trajectory of your life. And we never need to be afraid of obedience. It might feel scary and it might feel new. I mean, there might be a learning curve to it and that's okay. 
but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't say yes to what God is calling us to do. And uh, we don't need to be constantly looking for the pivot points, but when we can sense it, um, not to resist them. So even that whole section in your book, it's so, it's so insightful. This is another great thing that I thought you, I I have so many great things that I love about the book. We could talk all day, but two more last things that I just want to draw attention to. Why should we ask what is our who instead of what is our why we hear the why in a lot of even our business circles and Christian circles. Well, what is your why? I think I've even said that, but you ask us to drill down on what is our who and what's the difference with it, with that. And and why should that be our question? Yeah. I mean, it's just a simple, a simple word difference, but I think it really, even if it's a similar phrase or uh, thing, it really just shifts our focus back to God. So Look again, and we've touched on this a little, but the why isn't going to sustain us when we mm. fail, when we succeed, when, when we feel less than, but the who is the one that sustains us. So really even just putting out again, it's just a simple word twist. Who do we do it for? Um, putting that at the forefront of why we step into goals and dreams and callings, uh, knowing it it's who we do it for, who, who's called us. And then underneath that is who are we called to serve? Mm. So of course God has called us and he's inviting us to serve a certain population or group or uh, person. And then that too will sustain us as we continue to pray for them and think about them and get excited about the way we get to um, help them. That's great. And it also, it's a much more relational approach our why is sometimes can be connected to a people group or um, people in general, but a who really forces us to drill down on who is God called you might could be a change of city. Um, You know, I mean, I grew up in the ministry and sometimes we, we moved a lot um, and, and I didn't always love that, but in hindsight, my parents were listening to the who it was maybe a new city. It was a new pole. It was a new burden and again, we don't have to be afraid of that. We just have to be aware of it and responsive to it. One last question before we kind of shift to um, the way I love to close the Make Life Matter podcast. But and I, again, this could be a no, another 30-minute conversation, but you have a section about macro goals and micro goals. Can you just speak to that quickly for someone who feels like, listen, I'm hearing you. I want to move forward in my dream, but I I don't even know where to start. And you give us some practical ways to, to put that into micro goals. Speak to that for just a moment, Jenny. Yes. So of course, with every goal and dream, there's the spiritual aspect to it. And then there's the practical, like you said, so this is the super practical nitty gritty. Like I want to hold your hand and let's start getting this thing done. So in the book, uh, it's called the taskmaster taskmaster three-step process. So what you do is on a piece of paper, you write down that one big dream. Your that's your macro level vision, what you feel called to do. Say, for example, you want to publish a traditionally, uh, you want to traditionally publish a book that could be a big goal. And then underneath your big dream, you list three major tasks that can help you achieve that dream. So say it's a book, um, three big tasks you could do under that is to write a book proposal, get a literary agent, and then write the book. Um, and then underneath those three tasks, you, you write down small actionable items, and this is where it becomes the micro level plans. So you're moving from this really big, overwhelming, scary vision into a little tiny to-do list. And Mm -hmm. you just repeat that process until you check everything off that list and you'll have that book in your hand in no time. And you, you walk us through that so beautifully in this book, Dream Come True. It's a coaching tool as well, but you also coached any, right? Can you share with our listeners 
all the resources you offer, where they can connect with you, how they can find them, and of course, order your brand new book. But share with us all the the, the ways that, that people can connect and know what you you have to offer us. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I do coaching for creatives. Um, I love to help people unapologetically live and work for Jesus. So we have a ministry called freedom creatives. So that information is over there. And then, um, if you go to help my dream come true.com that actually redirects to my website where you can get information about dream come true. And, um, because it hasn't released yet, we're launching pre-order prizes. So if you order, you can uh, claim three classes that I have teaching, just expanding on the content really giving you a kickstart into your calling. And I'm sure they can find everything on your website, right? JennyRandall.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the podcast, if they've never listened, it's so much fun. It's such a great pick me up. You guys are hysterical, but it's also, um, like I said, very poignant, very touching. So um, I love to ask this question of all my guests, Jenny. I really have no idea. I mean, it might be Moses just because I know you just wrote a lot about him, but I'm curious, other than Jesus, who in the Bible can you not wait to meet? Who's maybe inspired you to make life matter? Or maybe someone you just can't wait to ask the question of when you get to heaven. Yeah. So I, I was prepared with this question and coming into it, I was going to say Moses and I felt really good about it, but just hearing you say it now, I got to go with Paul. Really? Okay. He is just, he, the way he ministered, he was just so tenacious. Like once he obviously got to know Jesus and gave his life to him, he was just so tenacious and on fire and like, did not care what people Mm. said. Like he just went into these scary places, like, and just unapologetically taught people about Jesus, prayed for the sick, saw signs and wonders. Like, so his life is one of the most intriguing to me within, within the biblical text. I agree. I think they're both powerful Moses and Paul, and they're both such strong leaders and didn't just stay in the concept of dreams, but you know, I think when Paul went into a city, he would assess it. He would understand kind of what was going on in that city. That's a lot of what you're talking about. Okay. My dream is to see the gospel. How is that going to happen? And saying yes to the open doors, pivoting when he, when he needed to. I mean, he's really a whole nother person that fleshes out everything that you're talking about in your brand new book. So I'm not surprised by that. I think his line is going to be very, very long. In heaven. Well, wait, you know what I would say to Moses though? I'd be like, thank you so much for like standing before God and then making the most ridiculous excuses because I so get it. And I'm, and it, ta- it really takes the pressure off. Like, thank you for doing that. And then obviously leading so well and yeah. powerfully and all of that. But he, yeah, he, I would be in both lines. I would have my feet straddling trying to you and me both. I love the humanity there because it reminds us that we don't have to be perfect. This isn't about perfection. This is about direction and, and listening to the Lord and, and, and just, and, and there were a myriad of other times that Moses still had some issues, but his goal was to follow God. And, um, you know, he, he was considered the most humble man on the earth. So even though he, he brought some of these excuses, God still honored him. And, and that's so much encouragement for us as listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Jenny's going to pray for us in just a moment, guys. So you're not going to want to miss that, but I want to just read today's truth that matters. And I'm going to read a short little excerpt from Jenny's book and a, a verse that she mentioned which is from um, uh, from the book of Acts and uh, and talks a bit about where Paul and started his ministry there as we've been talking about him. And she, she does lean in so much to Moses's life, but I felt like this is where I wanted to kind of um, land today, which is Acts 4 verses 10 and 11. Then know this, you and 
all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. As Jenny was saying, he is our who. It is liberating to know that we are not the centerpiece of the story. Everybody said amen. Jesus is. That's why he is called the cornerstone. Everything finds its proper place under his lordship. So the question is, where are you standing? And I just want to close before Jenny prays with this short excerpt from dream come true available October 5th. Jesus gave you full authority to put your fear and excuses in the back seat. Talk to God about the excuses you're making, and you'll find that they don't have to control you. Your excuses dissipate under the assurance and authority of Christ. And as they do, you'll be empowered to enjoy the beautiful adventure God is inviting you into. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for this powerful resource and just your voice in our generation, all the ways that you are choosing to make life matter. And I would love for you just to just pray over our listeners as we close our time together today. Yes. Thank you so much. I would love to father God. I just lift up everybody that is listening right now to this podcast, God. And I just pray first and foremost, that we, we understand what an honor and privilege it is to commune with you, God, and that we don't take it lightly. The things you're you've called us to in this season, whether it feels mundane or whether it feels really mighty, God, I, I pray that we feel the significance within it because you're calling us to it. And God, I pray that as we continue to move forward in these things that you um, equip us, you empower us, you resource us, you, you demolish every excuses and you lay them aside and you remind us who you are and who's doing the calling and equipping. And God, I pray for those that have dormant dreams that might've been lost or forgotten. I pray that you, you bring them back to life in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that have um, shelved or set things aside, that they become, uh, they carry vision again. They, they carry passion. They begin to to see you, how you're interweaving their talents and their gifts supernaturally and naturally to make an impact in the world for you, God, and from you, Jesus. And we just thank you for that. And I pray for those that are in a season of some, maybe it feels a little boring or like, oh, I don't, but I don't have vision. I pray that you equip um, those that feel visionless in this season. Maybe you're calling them to be a dream supporter. And if that is the case for anyone listening here, I pray that you put somebody on their heart and and you equip them with that person and you uh, align their steps and and you just say, hey, I'm here to serve you. I want to pour into you. I want to encourage encourage you because dream supporters are just as great as the ones that are called in a season of dreaming. So I pray that you really make that clear for us as we move forward in this season, because we just want to be in season, God, we want to be in season with what you're doing. We don't want to be out of season with your will, Lord. So God, I pray pressures off in this dream time, pressures off in calling Lord. And we just like lay at your feet, humbly say, here I am, God send me. And as we do, uh, I believe cities, uh, communities, families can be changed by your, by your power in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.